Hi, this is Maureen Milliken. And this is Rebecca Milliken, and this is Groovy Tube. And the this Crimes is... of the Brady... I always forget that I part. I know, I know. And this is episode 22 of yes. our, our Groovy show. Tube. And it is season five of the Brady Bunch, episode 12, The Elopement. I don't think we've mentioned this. You can watch the Brady Bunch on Paramount+. Plus. Yes. But all the episodes are not on there. Yeah. But you can buy the DVD that has all the episodes for yeah, a fairly low cost. Yeah, that's what we had to do. Yeah, yeah that was 10 did. bucks. For those of you who still have DVD players, I mean, I have a cheap old like $20 yeah, little plug-in DVD player that works well. Yeah. The only thing is there's no closed captions and I kind of miss having the captions. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there are. My DVD even says on it, no captions. Because they have to make them on a DVD. Oh, they yeah. have to make the captions. Okay, so this one is an interesting one, but I do want to say the subplot because because there's no background to the subplot. It just is suddenly, you'll see, because it starts out with that part of it. But all of a sudden, Bobby's just playing the organ. My feeling was Lloyd or whoever was like, oh, shit, we have to have a subplot. Hey, let's just have Bobby play a little portable organ. Yeah. And then at so, the end, we can have him play the wedding march or mm-hmm. on it. So this is called the elopement. So the first scene is the backyard. Marsha and Jan are coming back from school and they hear something and start laughing. And do you notice they are wearing matching blouses? One is green, one is blue. They're a floral pattern. Marsha is doing the old 70s, a short-sleeved sweater or shirt over the blouse, which I used to do all the time. Mm -hmm. And Jan isn't, but you can tell that they are the same floral pattern. Yeah. They go to the carport and Bobby is playing an electric organ. Marcia says she's glad someone finally kicked him out of the house with that thing. And Bobby says, what do you know about music? And Marcia says, oh, is that what you call it? And Bobby says his teacher likes it. And Jan says, then why did she loan it to you and tell you to play it at home? And I thought they were being incredibly mean to Bobby. I know. And frankly, for somebody who was just starting the organ, Bobby, not Mike Lickenland, I thought he was, I could tell what song he was playing. And the girls laugh at him and walk away. On their podcast, The Real Brady Bros, Barry Williams and Chris Knight, they say that Mike Lickenland was actually a good musician and he had to pretend to play poorly. He was Mm. actually very good. In the house, Alice is on the phone to Sam in the kitchen. And she's telling him, sure, she can keep a secret. And Sam tells her his cousin Clara is eloping and wants Sam and Alice to be her best man and maid of honor. Alice yells, eloping? Right as Jan and Marsha walk in behind her. Or I think they're in the family room. Right, listening through the um, pass-through. The pass-through. Sam tells Alice to shush. She says she's shushing, but it's exciting. Sam says it's on a Sunday, so it won't interfere with her Saturday night bowling date. Alice says she'd even give that up for an elopement. Poor Alice. She has such a boring life. Boring life. I mean, an elopement, usually there's not going to be a party as right. far, unless it's you go out to dinner two after. people, right. And this is not the first time it's happened on this show that if you listen to just Alice's end of the conversation, like the girls are doing, her reactions are not one of someone who is eloping herself, but of someone who's being told about an elopement. Exactly. 
Alice tells Sam she's going to buy the fanciest dress in town as Marsha and Jan continue to eavesdrop. Sam says, see you Saturday night. Alice says, I'll be ready and waiting. She turns around and sees the girls and asks them how was school. Marsha says, dull compared to around here. Alice says, they were just talking about their bowling date. They're in the semifinals. Jan and Marsha laugh and say, sure you are. When Alice leaves, Jan and Marsha are excited. Sam and Alice eloping. Wow. Again, a typical Brady thing where they take one <laughs> tiny bit of information and then just get way overly. Yes. Just jump to a huge yes. giant conclusion. Now it's nighttime at the Brady house in the family room. Mike and Carol are playing something that looks like Scrabble without a board. I think they're playing Mahjong. Oh, it might be Mahjong, yeah. Marsha and Jan tell them what they overheard. Mike says, so you were eavesdropping. He's so judgy the way he says Carol says says they could be jumpy to conclusions. Yes. But then, you know, Carol, that's her one moment of lucidity. (laughs) Mike says, if Alice were going to elope, she'd be considerate enough to let them know. Yes, she would, Mike. Unless Sam wants her to keep it secret for some reason. Marcia says, maybe we can coax her to tell us. Carol says, it's their business, not ours. And Mm -hmm. quote, snooping is a definite no-no. I thought Carol had the right idea, but the next scene is her in the kitchen showing Alice a photo album from their wedding. Hello, Alice was at the wedding. She doesn't need to see the fucking photos. You know, the minute Carol says snooping is a no-no, that Carol's going to start snooping because she's a woman and can't be trusted. Also, she has nothing else to do. Right. Carol keeps dropping hints. She says they originally planned to elope and keep it secret, but figured someone would find out. Alice is not getting it. (laughs) She's not picking up any of these hints. Right. You'd think Alice would at least be like, either she's really acting or you think she'd at least be like, gee, somebody must have overheard me talking to Sam now that all of a sudden Carol's talking yeah. about elopement. Or just, I would say, look, don't tell anybody. Right. But speaking right. of elopements. But there wouldn't be any plot. I know. Carol says if someone close to her were planning an elopement, she could trust her. Alice says, do you think someone here is planning on an elopement? Carol says it's a possibility. And Alice says, as far as she knows, Marsha isn't even going steady. (laughs) (laughs) Good for Alice. Mike's hair in the next scene is extremely poofy. Yes. Did you notice that? that. It's very fluffy. It's poofed. He must have just gotten uh, his man perm. So we're outside here of Mike's office building, and it's the building with the books on it, which yes. we talked about in an earlier episode that was a library. It's kind of cool art deco, and they tried to save it, but of course it was not saved. Mike is at his desk, and the phone rings. It's Sam, who has a house question. And now why he would call an architect, he says, unless he's planning on building a house. He says to Mike, you're an architect, so you know about these things. He has a friend planning on getting married. Sam's friend is looking for low-cost housing. Sam lets it slip that the friend is eloping. Mike thinks the friend is Sam, of course. Mike says he'll check around. Mike says, please let the bride and groom know that Mike, his wife and family, wish the bride and groom health, happiness, and good fortune. After they hang up, Mike is excited. And Sam thinks it's really nice of Mike to be so happy for his cousin Clara. (laughs) And I think that is the most half-assed way to shop around for a house. First of all... (laughs) Oh, I know an architect. Mike's an architect. Second of all, 
Sam's cousin's future husband or his cousin should be calling a realtor and, yeah. and working with them. Not going through with Sam the butcher who's calling his housekeeper girlfriend's architect boss. <laughs> now we're in the carport and Bobby is playing the organ for Cindy and Peter. Cindy says it still sounds awful, but he's playing faster. Peter says, so it's awful for less time. So that's a good thing. Yeah. Cindy says if he knew what she knows, he'd be practicing the wedding march. Peter and Bobby want to know what she knows. For once, she doesn't say, I'm not going to tell you. I know. She says they have to promise not to tell. She says everyone knows, but Alice doesn't know they know. And she tells them Alice and Sam are eloping. And now we're at the butcher shop. A minister is buying a half a pound of ground round. He tells Sam to tell his cousin Clara to be at his house at eight sharp. He has another wedding at nine. Their elopement's going to be at eight in the morning on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, why not? I don't know. Doesn't he have church? I don't know. I don't know what religion this man is. <laughs> Who knows? He asked Sam if it's going to be a single ring or double ring ceremony, which what difference does it make? Yeah, no shit. Sam says double ring. Sam asks the Reverend if he's interested in some filet of soul. And the minister says he's always interested in the soul. Ha ha ha. Fuck him. Greg and Marcia come in and greet Sam and the minister. Sam asks what brings them by, and they say they're there to pick up Alice's order. Greg asks the minister if he has any good weddings lately. The minister says he's tying more knots than a troop of Boy Scouts. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. I know. Marcia says, any coming up soon? The reverend says, it's open season on grooms. Which I think is a very sexist remark because it implies that women are hunting men <laughs> and killing them. Open season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sam says, you never know, right? The Reverend Lees and Marcia and Greg say that proves it. I don't know how. Mm, it does um, not. We're in the family room. Mike and Carol are sitting at the table. The girls tell them that they saw Alice coming out of a dress shop and heard her say the dress was for a special occasion. And Marcia mentions the Reverend at the butcher shop. What do you think, Mike? Carol asks him. Carol, you can't fucking think. Think what for you yourself. Yeah. Oh, Mike, I don't know. Mike says he got a phone call from Sam today and he tells him about the call. Mm. Carol says if it was a trial, there would be a conviction. And right before she said that, I wrote down in my notes, this is, shows how a circumstantial case can be built. But this is exactly completely circumstantial case loaded with reasonable doubt and a little bit of confirmation bias thrown in there, right? But yes. I wrote it all down before Carol said that about the trial. So And Jan is... says, Alice is guilty of marriage, mm -hmm. which uh, doesn't even make sense. And Carol says, well, we just don't know when it's going to take place. Didn't they think it was going to take place? Right. They heard. They... Night? Yeah. Um, Alice walks in just then and they all look at her smiling. She's like, why are you all staring at me? The girls surround her telling her she looks radiant. Cindy says, you'll make a beautiful bride. And Marcia and Jan give her a dirty look. And Cindy says, oh, someday. Friggin' idiot. Mm -hmm. Alice asks for Saturday night off for a big bowling tournament. And it's like, does she ever get get a That's fucking night like. off? She's asked. Like. Right. Does Alice ever get time off? 
any time of the day or night no, or week. Apparently, she don't get weekends off. No. Mike and Carol laugh. Bowling, huh? Or even Saturday nights. And it's like they ask done her what for. It's like, why po- does she have to tell yeah, them what for? Oh, shit. The girls roll their eyes and say, bowling. Alice thinks it's weird. They tell her that she can have the whole day off. Carol says they couldn't be happier about her bowling date, which Alice thinks is kind of weird. Yeah. Bobby is outside playing the organ again. Poor Bobby. You know what would have been more interesting? To have it that Bobby had been taking organ lessons and he's good at the organ. Wouldn't that have been an interesting plot? And he's playing the wedding march. Alice says the tune sounds vaguely familiar. And Carol says, it's not the wedding march. (laughs) (laughs) And Mike runs outside to stop him. (laughs) Poor Bobby. He's just trying to learn it. I know. Now we're in Mike and Carol's bedroom. Mike says they should give Alice the whole week off for a honeymoon. Carol says she'll call the employment agency in the morning to get a temporary replacement. Then she says, you don't think Alice will leave us, do you? Well, she's not going to fucking live with them. No shit. I'm just saying. (laughs) What are we going to do? I know. Carol says, why wouldn't she tell us, though? Mike says she might not want us to make a big deal. Carol says, of course we'd make a big deal. Mike says, well, maybe they don't want a big reception. Carol says, it doesn't have to be big, just a small family one. It's like, well, maybe she doesn't think of them as her family. Right, and maybe Alice just wants them to butt out of her fucking life. She was just thinking. And Mike says, I bet you were. She says, are they going to be surprised when they walk in on their own wedding reception? And Mike rolls his eyes. I'm thinking that's probably not a fucking good idea. Now we're in the kitchen. Alice is getting ready to go to the store. She asks Carol, is there anything extra she can get? And Carol says, get a few extra packages of rice, which is stupid because he thought the rice when someone's coming out of the church. The front doorbell rings. Carol says she'll get it as Alice is leaving. At the door is Gladys Harris. She was referred by the employment agency for the housekeeping job. Carol said they were supposed to phone before coming over. Gladys says, well, she was in the neighborhood, so she thought she'd stop by. She's looking around the house, and Carol reminds her the job is temporary. Erica Woke in the Bradypedia makes a very good point. And I'll just read this to you. Erica writes, sometimes Carol can be a bit helpless around the house. Every time that Alice is gone, it happens three times she hires a replacement the first time alice is gone for a week and mrs brady brings in alice's cousin emma to hold down the fort the second time alice leaves carol immediately brings in Kay to take care of the house also for just one week the third time alice is about to leave when carol thinks she's eloping with sam she immediately calls in a replacement made from alice's service Carol finally takes sole responsibility for her household after the kids are all gone and Alice has married Sam. And uh-huh. obviously after this series is over with. So yes, I don't know why a house where the children are between the ages of 18 and 12 and Carol does not have a job can't run itself for a week. No shit. So Gladys says she understands that it's only temporary. She looks like she has a uniform on, but it might just be... Maybe she's she's coming home from work or whatever. Oh, that's true. Carol brings Mrs. Harris into the kitchen as Alice is coming back in. She says she forgot the grocery list. Also, did you notice Mrs. Harris is like checking for dust and shit? And I'm like, she's really fucking pushy and I would not hire her. Well, she's pushy just to show up. 
I think that's yeah, awesome. just to show up. Even I'm back a... then, when people yes. used to just show up, um, right? People did used to drop in more back then than they do now, right? Carol tells Alice that Mrs. Harris is an old friend of the family, and Carol's acting really weird. Like Carol oh, way hi. overplays it. Yeah, she way overplays uh, it. Mrs. Harris plays along though, which is interesting. But she also can't wait to get out of there. She's frightened by Carol's that manic Carol's, Yes, Carol's acting really weird. I think Carol's just kind of like drunk on the whole drama and excitement yes. of the whole elopement thing. Alice also thinks it's weird. Alice yeah. is looking confused. Now we're at the butcher shop. Alice and Sam are arguing. Sam wants to get his and her bowling balls for Clara and her husband to be. Alice says no one wants to strike out on their wedding night. Which is weird because striking out is a baseball term. Sam makes a joke later and we can discuss that more. I have a real Al- issue with that. Alice says bowling balls are not sentimental. Sam says they're his and her balls. Alice says you might as well get them a year's supply of chalk for their fingers. And Sam says that was second on his list. <laughs> he gets mad and tells Alice she needs to have respect for bowling. Sam tells Alice anyone who thinks bowling balls are a bad gift has bad taste. Alice says then Clara can lope without her and sam says fine he can bowl without alice saturday which i don't really know how he's going to do that since it's yeah. mixed doubles she says fine asshole and then she tells him off before she leaves and she says you're always late your prices are too high and that is the ugliest necktie i've ever seen and he is wearing a very strange it's a necktie. very ugly tie it looks like a napkin like yeah, a picnic or something mike and carol are in the den office looking at houses for sam and alice and speaking of ties mike is wearing the the pink striped shirt and the pink purple and black striped tie combo or it's like maroon yeah it's got maroon in it too yeah and the shirt has like paisley designs in the inside the stripe alice comes in and tells them she does not need saturday night off after all mike says you need a week off maybe two Alice doesn't understand what he's talking about. Alice says she doesn't even need Saturday off. She broke her bowling date. Mike and Carol are very upset. Alice says it's just a bowling date. And Sam isn't the best fish in the ocean, but she's not the best bait. And Mike and Carol are upset. And I wish Alice would think better of herself. I do too. She's a good catch. Now we're at the butcher shop again and the three boys are there. And they're telling Sam that Alice is really sorry. And he says, did she say so? Mm-hmm. And they say no, but you can see it on her face. And they say Sam's got to take her bowling. And Bobby says he can almost play the whole song on his organ. Yeah. Sam's like, what song? <laughs> Greg, <laughs> Greg <laughs> grabs Bobby from behind, like on his neck, and yeah. says, "It's called the Shut My Mouth Blues." <laughs> and Sam says, uh, "Sorry, but Alice has to make the first move." At the same time, the girls are in the kitchen talking to Alice. She says, "Sam has to make the first move." Marcia says, "We're not just talking about bowling. We're talking about." bowling alice says oh i thought we were talking about bowling he's putting a turkey in the oven i know that turkey made me hungry jan says sam was meant for you you understand him alice says i understand this turkey too but that doesn't mean i have to go bowling with it and the girls are perplexed back in the office den mike is telling carol they shouldn't meddle he's told her this a little too fucking late for that Carol says Mike should call Sam and invite him over. Then Alice will answer the door and there'll be skyrockets. Mike says, I don't have any reason to invite Sam over. 
And Carol says, you said you'd call him back and let him know about low-cost housing. Mike says, but he doesn't need it anymore. And Carol says, but he doesn't know that you know he doesn't need it. Which makes sense. And then they have one of those dumb conversations where Mike says, well, I don't know if he doesn't know, you know. Yeah. So then Mike agrees to call Sam. And Mike is wearing this open neck shirt with a necklace. Like he's wearing a pullover shirt, but it's like. I thought yeah. it was interesting. The doorbell rings and Alice answers it. It's Sam. And he's wearing this tie. It's white with brown and white stripes. It's got these weird, they look like olives or something. Yeah, that yeah. Polka that's dot. the napkin one I was thinking of. But oh, yeah. I can't remember what it was wearing I think it's before. The same, I thought it was the same one. At first he smiles at Alice, but then he remembers he's mad. And he says, he's come to see Mr. Brady. Alice says, whom shall I say is calling? And Sam says, you know darn well who's calling. <laughs> she says, oh yeah, mighty mouth and he says she has a tongue sharp enough to slice salami (laughs) 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 and mike and carol are in the kitchen and hear them mike says what happened to the skyrockets (laughs) alice says give me the meat order so you can go to the sporting goods store and pick up the bowling balls Sam says, bowling balls are out. Electric mixers are in. They smile at each other. I thought that moment, I just thought that was really cute. I thought their acting was very good. They're Uh, both both good. He says he gave her four extra lamb chops with pink panties on them. What (laughs) he means by the pink panties are the little things they put over the bone. Right, those little paper things. Yes. Alice is touched. He said he couldn't figure out another way to say he was sorry. I thought it was cute and also interesting that Sam came and apologized like that instead of them, the writers making Alice acquiesce. I thought it was was very cute the way he did it. I thought it was a nice little scene. It's interesting. And the the Real Brady Brothers podcast, (laughs) Barry and Chris Knight have a, it's kind of a disagreement because Chris didn't think a mixer was any more romantic because Alice's objection to the bowling balls was that they weren't romantic. Right. He thought an electric mixer wasn't romantic either. And Barry was like, yeah, but that's more of a traditional wedding gift, which is true. If they're setting up house together, they can more yes. better use the mixer. But Chris she... was like, yeah, but it depends on how old they are. If they're older, they wouldn't need that. But my feeling is, yes, a mixer is probably more of a wedding gift. But I do think that his and her bowling balls could be romantic. You know what I think? I think the men writing the show, because things are so stereotypical and superficially genderized, figure bowling, sports, men. Yes, that's true. Electric mixer, women, equals romantic. I think the word romantic earlier was just used poorly. Yes. That the point is a mixer is more something a woman would like and bowling balls are more something a man would like. I agree. Yeah, I thought their acting was very, they're really good. So Alice and Sam, they decide everything is on for Saturday night. And Alice says she likes his necktie. And Carol tells Mike, see skyrockets. Because of course they're spying on them. And Mike says something like, see ya, you know, they, about the days. And Sam says something like, if I strike out, you'll see me sooner. He don't strike out, as you mentioned earlier, you do not strike out in bowling. There are strikes in bowling, but they're a good thing. And if you get strikes, you're winning. And so you're going to advance in the tournament. You strike out in baseball. Yes. And so the joke doesn't make sense. And I wonder if the writers really just don't know the difference between baseball and bowling. They might not. Yeah. So it's Saturday night in the living room. 
Alice and Sam are wearing their bowling outfits that say the meat packers or something. On Mike and Carol are there. Sam says it's the most important night of his life. He says, if I survive tonight, there'll be no stopping me. Alice says she'll be right there keeping score. Won't she be bowling too? Yeah, no shit. Carol says they'll keep the house tidy. Uh-huh. Um, Alice says she'll be back in a few hours. She says Sam always falls asleep early after they've been bowling. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he does. Mike shakes Sam's hand and says, take care of our girl. And Sam thinks that's pretty weird. Yeah. Who can blame him? And Carol and Mike are like, they'll be back in a couple hours. We better get a move on. And later, Sam and Alice approach the front door. Alice says it was fun, and Sam agrees. She asks him in for a cup of coffee, and he says, well, maybe half a cup. They have to get up early for Cousin Clara's elopement. They open the door, and people are yelling, surprise, and throwing confetti. There are streamers and paper bells hanging up. Sam and Alice look confused. The table has a banner that says, Welcome, Bride and Groom. Greg is taking photos, and Bobby is playing the organ. There's a champagne toast. Sam says, I'll drink to that. Who got married? Mike says, Ha ha, bowling, huh? And everyone is all dressed up, too. Mm-hmm. And Carol says, To Alice and Sam. Alice and Sam look at each other confused. Someone yells, Speech. Alice says, She has nothing to say because there's no occasion. Carol says, Didn't you elope tonight? Alice says, we never even shook hands. What made you think we got married? And Mike says, circumstantial evidence. Mm -hmm. And Sam figures it out. They must have gotten Sam and Alice confused with Cousin Clara. Mike says, I think we goofed. It's like, no shit, And I'll say, as far as the circumstantial evidence goes, just be glad it wasn't a fucking death penalty murder case. No shit. Oh, I think we goofed. Oh, no, he was put to death. Oh, well. Sam says he'll accept their apologies along with some more champagne. I guess he doesn't worry yeah. too much about Alice's Sam. As long as they went through all this trouble. And Sam says, Alice, say no more. He says he has an important announcement to make. He cuddles Alice and says, tonight, Alice and I advance to the finals. <laughs> Everyone laughs and Alice shoots a noisemaker into Sam's face. Yeah. Then the tag is the Brady house, but it's nighttime. Mm-hmm. So how long did this fucking elopement take? Yeah. Alice is wearing a pretty dress and it's actually a Well, maybe they went out after and stuff. She says, what a nice wedding it was. She says she and Sam are now engaged. Mike and Carol say, you are? And Alice says, yes. She has the date and everything. But I can't pin down Sam on one thing. The century. Ha 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 ha. Yeah, and see, it's all, of course, up to the man to decide if they're going to get married, when it's going to happen, and everything else, while the woman longingly waits for him to deem her worthy. Poor Alice. I feel like with Sam, um, that ship has sailed. I don't think yeah, he's ever going to get married. Well, Alice and Sam do get married in 1976, after yes. the series is over and before the next one. Yes, that's up. right. So they do. I just feel like it's tedious to always have the woman there longingly. I know. That that was a trope. I know it's a trope. So it, many things back It's a then. trope on so many shows, but the joke is this woman is so unappealing 
yet she longs to get married and even mm-hmm. this man who's considered unappealing and i'm not saying i consider them unappealing i'm saying that's how they're supposed yes. to be portrayed that it would be a joke for her yeah. to actually get married these husband hungry women yes. on, the, on shows from those days and i'm sure there's still shows today that have that trope too and the joke is yeah who'd want to marry her kind of thing yeah like she's not the kind of person who's going to get married like alice she's a housekeeper she has to be there on call for them 24 hours she's not going to get married that's not her purpose in life her purpose is to wait on this privileged entitled family i know ungrateful family yeah i know so next time we'll be talking about episode 13 miss popularity another jan one Yes, Jan promises more than she can handle in order to secure her position at the top of the most popular girl award. Strap on your... um, Well, now, when you were in high school, did you have a most popular girl award? Yes, and I won it every year. (laughs) (laughs) I was the unofficial winner of that one. (laughs) But anyway, that's it for tonight. Thank you, and stay groovy.